Thank you for tuning into the City Church California podcast. We exist for anyone to believe in God, to become who God created them to be, and to build the church and our city. Don't forget to subscribe to our podcast so that you can be updated anytime we add new content. Now let's check out the latest message from our Sunday gathering. Hey, today uh, we're going to continue our series in the book of Ephesians. And I want to call today what I want to share with you. We're going to chapter 2 in the book of Ephesians. And we will read some of my favorite words in all of the Bible. And really, these words have shaped the church for over 2,000 years. It shapes the life of believers. But today, what I, I want to be very specific. I want to move into the thought of what I would like to call redemptive therapy. And sometimes we need therapy when our lives have been broken and we're not progressing. God has the ability to heal us and we're gonna experience that today. And, uh, but uh, I wanna sh- tell you this part. Years ago, Becky was diagnosed with lymphoma. And her oncologist in Santa Barbara not only used an intelligent chemo, I want you to follow me, he used an antibody called Rituxtin. It was a monoclonal antibody, it is. And with that antibody had the ability, now get this, it was antibody, monoclonal antibody therapy. And what that therapy did, it went beneath the surface at the molecular level and she had a B-cell lymphoma and it began, that was out of control. And that monoclonal antibody, that therapy, it was like a hammer to a light switch saying, no, you will not do this anymore. I just want to put this out there as we go to the word today. There's some of us, your life is stuck in a cul-de-sac it's going against your creation it's going against who you are it's making you less human but God has therapy for you that can go beneath the surface at a molecular level and God's not willing to put a band-aid on a broken mind a broken heart a broken life he wants to give you therapy that will last that you truly can be his masterpiece in this life not just in heaven amen and we really do believe that And and so we want to begin to do this. I want you to open to Ephesians chapter 2. And Ephesians, they say, if you're new to this letter in the New Testament, that it is the Isaiah of the New Testament. Now, Paul, when he wrote Romans, Corinthians, Galatians, Colossians, he was addressing a problem within the church in believers' lives, and he brought adjustment and correction, not in Ephesians. It's just sharp images and words that really grow great Christians, great people, great men and women, and most of all, great churches. Now, when you read the book of Ephesians, I want to give you a few words that you should constantly look for in these six chapters. One of them, we're going to look at this one today, grace. And it's one of the most phenomenal words in the entire word of God. And we'll get to that in a moment. Another one is walk. And in the Bible, I don't know how many of you uh, went to school in the 80s, Okay, I love you, I love you, I love you. Best music decade of all of history. You know, the roof, the roof, the roof is on fire. And how about this one? Uh, Just walk this way. It goes a little bit like this. Remember Aerosmith? 
Ah, you don't. You weren't a rocker. Come on. And so when it says walk this way, it's speaking about your lifestyle, that your life is going to be different because you have a new identity. Another one, please get this, and you're going to see this word. We really will not get this letter and this therapy, but circle the word you see every time you see that in, in the book of Ephesians, that God showed us this for a reason because of that and you're going to begin to see that today one other is the word light and love walk in light walk in love walk circumspectly and today our lives are going to be changed forever now during this series we really want to open our minds and hearts Paul is speaking it's a conversation as a pastor and one of his goals in Ephesians is that we believers could come to know who we are in Christ did you get that the whole goal of this book is that you and I would come to know who we are in Christ. That's one of the most phenomenal things you and I could learn. Years ago when I was 20, so 42 years ago, I had a little booklet and it was all the scriptures in the New Testament in who I was in Jesus Christ. And for about two years, I think it was a woman by the name Ruth Rooks or Ruth uh, Hicks. I can't remember her name, but it was powerful. I would begin to declare every day in Jesus Christ, I am a new creation. In Jesus Christ, I'm seated in heavenly places. In Jesus Christ, I have received all, every spiritual blessing. In Jesus Christ, there is no condemnation. In Jesus Christ, I could live a life of freedom. Are you with me? Who you are in Jesus is so powerful. It penetrates the mind, the heart, the soul, and it can do therapy in our lives. And we want that. And so I want to begin to think of the word therapy. Now, get this before we start reading everyone say therapy say it again in therapy there's bad therapy and there's good therapy you hear me I don't know if you know this but one of the things our church has done since COVID last year with some of the monies we collected from Bill together we send people who need counseling because hear me I don't think a church should begin to put a band-aid where people are broken we need a properly like a surgeon heal people and when I broke my foot they didn't put a band-aid on it it required a surgery and Paul is methodical he is patient and he's saying I'm willing to come with the work of God the Holy Spirit the word of God and do surgery on believers that they can receive all that God has intended for them and so I want to give a shout out to Larry Larry is the leader of online in the house this good-looking couple right here Larry and Pam Faulkner he is over the New Life Counseling Center, and we have paid and sent many people their way. Why? Because I think as a church, we should have better therapy than people who do not believe in God. God is the ultimate therapist. And can, Come on. Now, all I know, and I'm not a therapist. I want to be. I want to be Becky's therapist. She won't let me. I told her yesterday, I said, I believe God made me to be your therapist, but for me to be your therapist, you have to trust me. She said, yeah, for you to be my therapist, you need to be quiet and stop talking and listen. That's why I'm not a therapist. I mean, I, if I were a therapist, I would cut the client out that's getting counseling and I would talk, they would leave and I would never know their problem, all right? <laughs> 
And so everyone think about this. There's good therapy. There's bad therapy. Bad therapy only rehearses the facts. My parents were divorced. My spouse passed away. We got a divorce. My children aren't living to their optimum level. Those are facts. And what the devil will use is facts to keep people broken in their lives. But good therapy brings revelation to reveal who they really are, even in the midst of facts that are destructive. Can you say amen? And I just want to say that it's not denying the facts, but we want to include God and bring his truth into our situation, which changes everything. Redemptive uh, therapy requires transparency. We should seek redemptive therapy prayerfully, reading scripture, seeking godly counsel, renewing our minds, continuing in the process of turning to God and away from broken and a lesser identity. Now, Are you in Ephesians chapter 2? Will you text this to someone or at least write it down or maybe chat it if you're online? God's greatest work is to reveal. Did you hear that? And what is reveal? Him making something known. God's greatest work is to reveal. Why? That we can be healed. Did you get it? God reveals that we can be healed. Please get this. Satan's greatest work is to conceal. To do what? To steal. Can I say right now, if anything in your life or my life has been taken unlawfully, that's what it means to steal. I promise you, knowledge and information was withheld from us. Can I say right now, it's not God's way to conceal who he is. He reveals who he is that he could heal us. But Satan always conceals to steal. Can you say, okay. Okay, here we go. We're starting with Ephesians chapter 2. We're going to read the first, well, 4 to 10, these six verses. Ephesians 2, 4 to 10. And here we go. But God, who is rich in mercy. So God's not broke. You do not serve El Chipo. Are you hearing me? It says, God, who is rich in mercy. Why? Because of his great love, which he loved us. Even when we were dead, I want you to underline that. Dead people need a certain therapy. Band-aids don't raise dead people from the ground. It says, it didn't say you were half dead. It says you were dead in your trespasses and sins. He made us alive. Did you get that? Not just you, but we have been made alive together with Christ. By grace, you have been saved. And God raised us up together and made us sit together in heavenly places in Christ Jesus, good phrase right there. Why? Verse 7, that in the ages to come, he might show, this is revelation, the exceeding riches, here it goes again, of his grace, we're going to talk about that, in his kindness, so you cannot have grace and be unkind. If you're unkind, you're not experiencing grace. A byproduct of having grace is that there's a kindness that comes to us and through us. It says, in his kindness towards us in, here it goes again, Christ Jesus. Here it goes, a famous verse. These verses, these are huge in a Christian's mind. Here we go. 
If you know it, shout it out. If you don't, look at the screen. If you want to know it, look at your Bible. Read with me. Come on. For by grace you have been saved through faith, and that not of yourselves. It is the... Mm. (laughs) You guys, I think you need to learn how to read together. Okay, let's start with verse 8 again. For by grace you have been saved. And that not of I don't know why you, you guys jump off the cliff right around that point. I was testing you. I thought you may have needed my help, but now I know you need my help. And so let's start with verse 9, for goodness sakes. Let's go to 9. Not of words, for we are his workmanship, created in Christ Jesus, which God prepared before. <laughs> You guys are like a kid at kids camp. You know, they get tired, right? At the end of this, you know, and they just nod off. Come on, let's do verse 10. It is too unbelievable not to read verse 10 out loud. For we are his workmanship created in Christ Jesus for good works, which God prepared beforehand. Why? That we should walk in them. Hey, did you circle all the that's that are in that one? You got to get that. If you don't get that, you don't know what he wrote about. But you get that, then you will have therapy like you've never experienced in your life. Let's begin to talk about a few words that are very important in this text. Number one, he says that we are saved by grace through faith. I want you to circle this word. In that word grace, I'm going to give you three unwords. It begins with a U. What does grace mean? It's unearned. So if you ever try to work to get something from God, it's not grace. You see, if you work at Chick-fil-A for four hours or 20 hours or 40 hours, you're going to get a check from Chick-fil-A. You see, Abraham believed God and it was accounted or credited to him as righteousness. And it says in Romans, Abraham wasn't righteous because he was circumcised. He was circumcised because he believed God and God made him righteous. So grace, number one, write it clear. Put it in all caps if you're online, undeserved. The second one, it is unearned. If you deserved it, you would have never received. I mean, you would have received it, but it would not be grace. God comes to us. It's unearned. It's undeserved. Now, please really get this one. It's unmerited. A lot of times in Christianity, we try to make Christ in the Father like a cosmic Santa Claus. And Paul is coming against that thought. Paul will have no cheap, superficial, shallow therapy. Paul is with Jeremiah, which says, we are against prophets who heal my people superficially. Or it says this, no having band-aids on fractured bones. Why? Because they have no ability to really heal them. God is going to heal them. Uh, So it says this, I want you to follow. It says, for we have been saved by grace. Say that with me. Say through faith. faith. Say it again. One more time. 
Now, let me tell you what a lot of word faith people do. Pentecostals, charismatics, those crazy believers. A lot of times what they do, and it's a problem, it's problematic. They put faith before grace. Paul did not say you're saved by faith through grace. It is the opposite. He says we are saved, and he's showing, let me tell you something, salvation isn't just forgiveness. Because I know people who get forgiven every week but still live broken lives that God wants to go beneath the surface, and he wants to begin to give us therapy. There are things in our life that hurt us, damaged us. It even now has repercussions in our physical body, in our emotions emotions in our thinking patterns there are times that we could hear a sound a song smell a smell and our memory is triggered have you ever heard of a trigger there are sinful demonic triggers that keep people against their will in a lifelong prison of brokenness and Paul didn't write these words for us to barely get into heaven he wrote these words that you and I would experience a new identity in Jesus Christ and in Jesus Christ our God the Father reveals to heal us he does not conceal to steal from us God is not a thief He's not. And so you got to get this. It says, for by grace. What is grace? Write this down. Just write the word down. G-R-A-C-E. What is it? God's riches at Christ's expense. And so what does Paul say? In the riches of his grace, in his kindness. Can I tell you right now, God's therapy is very expensive. Larry's isn't that expensive. You say, well, how much does God charge an hour to be our therapist? I'm glad you asked. It cost him the blood of his son. The very blood of Jesus Christ paid for you and I to get unlimited counseling and therapy from the greatest therapist in all the universe. And his name's the Father through Jesus because of the Holy Spirit. Come on. And so I want, I want you to get comfortable with these words. So I'm going to make you repeat after me. Say, for by grace, we have been saved. Mm, why did you let me misquote it? You're not just saved by grace alone. For by grace through faith. Oh, you need to go back. Go back. Go back to number one. Put it back on there. I mean, uh, on number eight. Let's do it again. Verse eight. It says it here. For by grace you have been saved through faith. Did you get it? You're saved by grace through faith. Now, let me ask you something. What's faith? Well, let me tell you what it's not. It's not just positive thinking. One of the things that really startled me with a faith approach to God, some call it again the word faith, expression of trusting God. If you were sick, they would say, oh, you can't say you're sick. Yep, you're always going to be sick. So they'd be coughing, sick, going, I'm not sick. And it's like, yeah, you are. Can I say right now, faith is not going to Vegas, and faith isn't blood. Oh, 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 oh. I feel the anointing coming on what I'm getting ready to say right now. This is going to do therapy in your heart, my heart, my mind. I don't want to bluff my way through uh, life. 
I don't want to bluff my way through relationship. I don't want to bluff my way when I'm going through hell and I'm wondering where God is at, where is grace through faith. Can I tell you right now, grace through faith gives us the ability where we don't have to lie to ourselves. Some people call it prophylying, but we can actually see who we are in Jesus Christ. Faith is not self-will. Faith is not a choice. Faith does not come from humanity. Faith comes from God. Now, what does God do? God calls those things as if they did exist, even though they didn't exist. So faith is supernatural. And I personally believe God has given to everyone a measure of faith. Everyone say, I am saved by grace through faith. Say, God's work reveals. Say, Satan's work conceals. Ah, you got that one. I love you so much. Okay, let's go back to verse 10. I want you to get this. It says, you have, for by grace through faith, you have been saved, that not of yourselves. Say that with me, that not of yourselves. It said, it is the gift of God. Now circle this, not of works, least anyone should boast. Now, in the original Greek where it says uh, it's not of yourself, in the original Greek it says this, this is not from you. Grace and faith are not from us. And it's from a therapist. And we don't want to mishandle grace and faith because those are the tools that allow God to come and heal us, fix us, and recreate us. Now, let's do this last one and we're going to move on. I love this part. Say, I am his workmanship. Shout it out. Say, I am his workmanship. Ladies, how many of your husbands are a piece of work? Men, how many of your wives are just flat out a masterpiece? A magnificent creation. See? See? Now, in the Greek, get this. A word in one translation is masterpiece. Another word is you are my workmanship. Another word says this, you are my creation. But let me tell you what it means in the Greek. When it says we are his workmanship, please get this. Now I want to stop. I want to stop. You need to get this. You need to get this. It's Paul. When it says we are God's workmanship, his masterpiece, you know what it's saying in the Greek? And it's only mentioned in the Bible two times. And Paul mentioned it each time. And he says this, he said, you are my poem. And can I tell you right now, before you were born, before I was born, there was a God who knew a narrative that the world, Satan, the great concealer to steal, would try to write. Can I tell you, Satan has no authorship over who we are. Our lives have been penned by God himself. He is a poet and he did know it. And he began to write words about us. Why? Now listen to this. It says we're saved by grace through faith not of yourself this is not from you then it says one version says not of works you see you're not saved by works but when we are saved this therapy it brings us into good works you see when it says that you are his workmanship i don't want any press from anybody but jesus christ concerning my right now my past and my future and I cannot get into this new 
meta narrative unless I believe that God is gracious and I respond in faith then all of a sudden I'm in a new book with a new poem in a new narrative with a new story and things begin to change in my life I want that I am his poem can you say amen Go with me to Romans chapter 1. I want to show you the other place that this Greek word, workmanship, masterpiece, is used in the New Testament. And it's verse 20. And remember, God's greatest work is to reveal, to heal. Satan's greatest work is to conceal, to steal. Now, we're going to read Romans chapter 1, verse 20. It says, for since the creation of the world, his invisible attributes are clear clearly seen. Can you see God's greatest work is to show, is to reveal. Being understood by the things that are made, even his eternal power and Godhead, that they are without excuse. I am not going to live this life with excuses. That's bad therapy. If we always have an excuse, it's my wife, it's my husband, it's my children, it's my boss, I got fired, they left, no, 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 there's a greater poem about your life. And God wrote that before you ever said anything good or bad, there was a poem in his book concerning you and I, and we are God's masterpiece. Can you say amen? And, and so I love that. Now, the word poem or masterpiece in Romans chapter 1, verse 20, it says that are made. Did you get that? That he made, that he wrote about us. And that's how God does it. Everyone say God reveals. Say Satan steals. Now, I want to begin to tell you this. I'm going to read it, but you're going to think about it. And some of you are going to write this down. Redemptive therapy is important because sin and selfishness always cause us to run, hide, and cover. Redemptive therapy, and what is that? It's by grace, through faith, that we have access to this poem, to a meta-narrative. How? Through salvation. And what is salvation? It's in Christ. So get this. I want you to really hear this. They say we're only as sick as our secrets. And isn't it amazing in the name of Christ? When you, I think one of the greatest struggles for a believer, myself included, when I accepted Christ years ago and I went to the altar, we don't really do that a lot these days. I think we should bring it back. Go vintage, old school come to the altar get some snot on the carpet you need some therapy one of the most healing things when I was initially a believer I would confess all my sins to everyone I didn't know you weren't supposed to I thought everyone was an open book until I realize that's not so. And then when you become a leader in the church or a pastor, you go, man, I'm struggling with this. And then people begin to look down as if you would never have a struggle. Then you begin to tell half-truths, which sets people free 
Paul is telling you and I that we can be totally transparent. You see, bad therapy only allows the person going through therapy to use what I call partial transparency. After being a youth pastor so many years, you should have seen, especially the young women would go to Becky, the young men would come to me, and if they were struggling with lust, immorality, alcohol, chemicals, lying, stealing, something in their life, they would come and they would only tell a little bit of what they did. On a scale of one to 10, if what they did was a 10, they told maybe a number one. They only told a fraction of the real story. Why? Because you see, they thought their poem was directed, energized, written, originated from their good behavior. No one enters God's therapy because they deserve it. We enter God's therapy because before we needed it, he knew we would need it. And Jesus Christ came he died he rose on the third day that we could enter into a new story can you say amen and so I want you to do the, uh, write this down I believe the way God heals he does therapy the work of Christ and redemption comes after us and causes us to be transparent and receives divine therapy salvation and healing a common phrase get this is to forgive is divine and that's true when Becky forgives me or I forgive Becky, that's a godlike quality, all right? But listen, they say this, to sin is human. That is absolutely not true. I will tell you, when I sin, I'm not more human. If you've ever seen a movie about Jesus, they're always trying to bring Jesus down to our level and trying to say that Jesus was human because he sinned. Can I tell you, Jesus was more human than anyone who ever lived because he was without sin. Sin doesn't make us more human. It makes me less human. It makes the poem and the work that God wrote about us less desirable and less than he created us to be. I want to be healed from the inside out. Can you say amen? Now, from the very beginning pages of scripture, Satan withheld knowledge to misrepresent God and to destroy people. Now, I want to do this. I want you to begin to hear me. Satan conceals to steal. How? Number one, write it down. Partial transparency. Partial transparency. I'm going to say it again, partial transparency. Why do we, oh, forget it, you don't, you've never did this. I'm on, am I the only one who struggles with guilt and shame? Why would someone only tell a little bit of a truth to get guilt off their mind? But when we tell the whole truth, nothing but the truth, so help me, Lord, you're going to have some freedom. You're going to have some therapy. All right, let me tell you something that happened. Jake was about three or four. He's now going to be 29 in July, and he begged me. Becky did not. I disobeyed Becky, which isn't good, but I did anyway. And he said, Dad, please, we want to go see Men in Black. It was with Will Smith years ago. And I go, no, your mom said no. She said, that's one of the devil's films. And, <laughs> and he goes, Dad, please, my friends are going, and I'm the only one. How many of you ever heard that? I'm the only one. He's like, no, you're not the only one. They have about a million people in India your age that have never seen Men in Black. <laughs> Another 500,000 in China, for goodness sake. Hasn't been released there yet. So we would sneak. 
You can always tell, young person, if you want to do what you want to do is the will of God if you don't have to sneak to do it. I always knew the boys were up to something secret. When you walk in their room and they have an iPhone or an iPad, they do this. Give me your phone. No, oh no, it's good. No, give me your phone. Let's go to history. What will you do? Hey, whoa, did you delete all your history? There's no history. And you are now, there's an umbilical cord from your phone to your brain. Somebody's not telling the truth here today. And can I tell you, partial transparency, the devil will keep us given a little bit of truth of what's really going on to really keep him what we think is at bay, but not enough to have God come in and flood us and heal us from a destruction. And so I snuck out behind Becky's back like a good Southern Baptist. And so it was on a Friday. Sunday, Jake goes to church. He's in the three and four-year-old class. He starts teaching the entire preschool class, three and four, I kid you not, the song from Men in Black. Walk with me, talk with me, slide with me. We are the men in black. And he, all of them were singing it. So the next day when we go to the church, my pastor's wife said, may I speak to you? I thought, are you the Holy Spirit? Because I don't want you talking to me. No. And so she said, hey, Jude. She goes, I always hate it when she said this, but she did it on purpose. She said, walk with me outside in Seattle. It rained most of the time. It had to be summer to walk outside. And we walk around the entire property. And I always hated the way she started her conversations. How are you, buddy? And she would walk like this, which to me as a therapist, that means you're close to me. You're not really ready to hear what I'm going to say. Can I say right now, I am never afraid to tell God anything. God's the one who said, come and let's reason together. You show me anyone who claims to love you, be close to you, but you cannot share everything with them. That is not love. Can I tell you the redemptive power and quality of God's therapy comes when a person can say all that's on their mind and heart. And you're not concealing it because concealment, any part of concealing or not telling the whole truth has the power to steal from us. And I don't know about you. No one's taken any of the words from my palm. And so when daddy died, mom died, Becky went through lymphoma. Can I tell you that is not going to be the main themes of my story. My story is centered around Jesus Christ and who he is. And my life is in him. I have a new identity. And I may not be the person I need to be, but I am telling you, I am experiencing a therapy because when you go to God with an open book and saying this is it the blood of Jesus Christ has a way to remove the ink stains stains of men and women and begin to write a new poem about Jude and Becky and this church and people who live in this state come on now don't make me preach so much how are you buddy 
in the way she would walk ever so methodically. She goes, Pastor Jude. And then I thought, oh, crud, here it comes. She had to add Pastor Jude. She goes, you know, you're an example to many people. And as a youth pastor, they follow how you raise your children. He was teaching them the song, Men in Black. And most of the moms of their three and four-year-olds are very upset with you. I said, no, look at me. She stopped. I said, you look at me right now. I said, you're right. Before I'm a pastor, I'm a dad. And I chose to bring them to that movie. And whether that was wrong or right, that's none of your business because you're not their mom. And she said, then I want you to ask him never to tell people. Please hear me. I'm telling you this story on purpose. We want, I'm asking you to tell Jake, who's three to four, not to tell anyone he went to see Men in Black. I said, Pastor Jenny, I will never do that. And she goes, why? I said, then I'll raise my kids a lot like a Pentecostal, a Baptist, a Catholic, in the church you came from, where all of them swear to be a pastor, we sign, we will not drink, we will not smoke, and we will not go to movies. And I said, the pastors where you came from, they may not go to movies in the cinema, but when it comes out back then, the blockbusters, they're watching the same movie, and they begin to present a false self to the church. And I said, I am not going to teach my kid to be a hypocrite. And if we went to the movie I want him to tell the whole world he went to the movie now if he needs to repent from going to that movie I guess I'm going to have to repent too but when we repent and we become open we're not doing it to conceal because when we conceal we give our lives the ability to be stolen from and I don't want to be stolen from are you with me on that I remember this young man, one of the first couples we married in our youth group in Seattle. Oh my gosh, a perfect couple. And she would leave him. They had three boys. She planned for 18 months. She would take grocery money and she concealed. Why? To begin to move on and it stole something from that family. Can I say right now, partial transparency is a danger because it makes the believer think that they're being open and they're experiencing a real therapy. But more than that, we're getting a religious band-aid on something that is fractured and we're kind of walking like, this and God doesn't want you to limp through life but there is a way to get therapy come on can you say amen and I just want to be clear your friends may not be therapists and your family may not be therapists and maybe a pastor that's speaking into your life may not be a therapist but I want to say there are Christocentric therapists that are in this city Larry Faulkner's one of them and I think we need a little therapy going on that when we come we do not just have religious band-aids with Jesus's name on them like a little ouchie because some of us are suffering more than an ouchie something broke through the thievery of the devil but Jesus Christ said we are his masterpiece and to be God's masterpiece means that we are his focus and if I am his focus then his redemption needs to be my focus are you with me everyone say partial transparency 
Now, write this next one. This is how the devil steals from us. He conceals, but the next one is authority. We re- now, look, you'll know when someone has authority in your life, when they tell you to sit down and you have to, even when you don't want to. Are you with me? Okay, no, that went over like a lead balloon. I need to, I need to describe it. Authority, for example, okay, let's get real. I have to bring you into my brokenness. So, Becky and I, about three years ago, well, let's go a little bit further back. When we became empty nesters, our home was empty. It was filled with kids. And a lot of times, hear me, if you have a lot of kids in your home right now, don't you dare make them the center of your home because it will be a mistake because they will leave your home when they get married or they become adults and they go and they fulfill the workmanship, the poem that God created for them. And so we begin to really disagree and not get along. And it's like we woke up and honestly, she looked at me and I looked at her and it's like, hmm, I don't even know you. I don't even know if I like you. And, and we just kind of looked and I thought, I want to go to therapy because I did not want to live the rest of my golden years in the same place. And I think what happens, I think we have in our mind a false notion that if you are spiritual and you are a leader and you are the person that Paul is speaking about, that you never need any therapy. Actually, I think humility is refreshing and humility comes to those who recognize I need help. And one the greatest prayers we can pray is help I need some help so we went through therapy we still are going through therapy everyone say partial transparency say no authority well we had gotten in a pretty intense disagreement and I came and I told our elders Phil Michael Steve and I said hey Becky and I are we're we're struggling communicating and that's all I said Now, you know what happened at that instant? I I let a little bit of the truth out and guilt kind of started fleeting away. But I didn't let all the truth out because I thought, how can I leave them? And then on Monday, the spirit of God impressed. He said, do you really want to be healed? Do you want my therapy? Do you want me to go beneath the service and heal this fracture? He said, call Benny Perez. Benny is a trans local elder. And he actually has the authority to say, you sit down. You can't lead this way. And it scared me. And sometimes I think we need people who scare the concealment out of us. (laughs) Oh, God, that day, the Lord didn't answer my prayer. I said, Lord, do not let Benny answer the phone. I'm going to leave him a short, partial, transparent voicemail. (laughs) Then he answered the phone. You know how he answered it? He goes, how is my favorite Pastor Jude? (laughs) His favorite Pastor Jude started weeping. (laughs) Because I was trying to present a poem that really wasn't my reality at that point and I was settling for the concealment 
mode of operation of Satan himself. God lives to reveal, not to hurt us, not to shame us, not to destroy us, but to heal us. And when someone can't come and admit their own wrong, their own sin, can I say, please hear this. It says, if we sin, 1 John 1, 9, if we confess our sins, he is faithful, he is just. How about James 5? Pray for one another that you may be healed. That's therapy. That Greek word has a sense of therapy as you begin to pray you begin to talk to someone else and I would say partial transparency is dangerous now let's do a comparison here the devil uses partial transparency no authority the next one it begins to strain relationships and this is where we end I can always tell when I am literally more working along with the devil's concealment and he begins to steal and the first thing he's going to steal is our relationship and they begin to strain. Anyone who is broken, you're fractured, you have an addiction, you're not telling the truth, it strains relationship. And that is the most valuable thing we have. This building isn't a church. The sound system isn't a church. The carpet isn't the church. Our cars aren't the church. We is the church. And we have a relationship with God through Jesus Christ and the Holy Spirit and one another. Are you with me on that? And, and so that, and then another, and believers who, no, and this is not, you could always tell when someone goes, everyone say God's work, say the devil's work. God always reveals to heal. Satan conceals to steal. Now get this, usually a believer, you could tell when we conceal, we begin to counsel up. Did you, you should write this down. We counsel up. All right, let me tell you how that is. Someone inevitably in van come up. I need to end this. I want to end this. Uh, you may need me to end this. Uh, they could come up to Pastor Stephen. They'll say something like this. When someone's doing actually partnering more with the concealment of Satan and it robs us, this is what they'll do. They counsel up. Pastor Steve, that music's way too loud. <laughs> Pastor Steve, can you please not wear those skinny jeans and those Chelsea boots? I'm sure they could correct my dress as well. Actually, they do every Sunday. Isn't it amazing how we always try to counsel up, but then we confess down? I noticed when I was a youth pastor, if a kid was struggling with drugs and alcohol and addiction, very rarely did they run to their mom and dad or a youth worker or a youth pastor. They usually went to their friends, you know, saying, hey, I've been smoking. Friend goes, yeah, me too. And that's when they confess down. I'm doing that to give you an illustration. Did you, did you see the damaging results of what I'm trying to tell you? They counsel up. Con confess down. No, we're to confess up and we're to counsel down. So I needed, first of all, to confess to God, to a leader who's in my life and go and say, I need help in all these areas. And then counsel your friend. You may want to put that down for a year, okay? And so we try to do the opposite. Everyone stand up with me, say, God is all the while affectionately at work in me, energizing me, created in me, the will 
the power and the desire. One of my favorite phrases, by the way, I don't know if you know when Paul in chapter one, that long, long run on sentence, it's a prayer. And it ends with this phrase, to the praise of his glory. To the praise of his glory. I want to live a life filled with God revealing to me. Now watch me. How do I do that? Number one, complete transparency. Complete transparency. If you go to Larry, maybe it's you as a guy, maybe it's a couple, maybe you're a gal. There needs to be complete transparency. And the beauty about counseling, let me just say this. I do not think this arena right now for someone to come forward and tell everything that, that to air their dirty laundry that's not healthy that's not good you need to go to some, i don't share all my dirty laundry with everyone why number one i don't know everyone let me be very clear even in this room in this this is the most beautiful church you are amazing but if i don't know all of you personally then that means i don't trust all of you and you sh i mean that's how that works I tell my brokenness to people I trust. And for me, that's what has to be. I think one of the dangers for us really having therapy is let's talk about our city groups where a man or a woman or a couple could go to a group. Maybe it's a men's group, a couple's group. Maybe it's a women's group. And they go and they share something that is so uh, personal and they share something that has devastated them, then one person in the group, they go in the name of prayer and they tell another believer. Then that believer tells someone and that believer, and that when it gets back to that person, it damages them and it goes against their trust. And I could say this, I tell my secrets to those I trust. And if someone can't handle the truth. Remember that movie? You can't handle the truth. Then there must be another therapist for me because I will be healed. How? Complete transparency. You hear me? Number two, authority. Who is the greatest authority in our lives as a believer? Well, the Lord. And let me just say this, the word of God. Now let me be clear. What is the devil trying to steal? The word of God out of our hearts. The work of God that began not only in creation, but in redemption. I am his poem. I am his masterpiece. I am it. And so are you. Now get this next one. He really wants my worship. And that's why you need to download Holy Moment. And I'm telling you, that song will be like a therapist in your mind when you try to believe a poem or a story or a narrative that is not you, will not be you, and that may, and what is the gospel? All our lies are intertwined with our story, but now it's intertwined into a higher and greater story, and he takes ashes, and he makes beauty, he takes nothing, and he makes something, he takes something that's broken, and he begins to it and all of a sudden the world's mouth drops and their eyes are open and that's what our God does one of my favorite things to do with my grandchildren I did it with my sons they love for me to make up stories so Jack and Rio even Lucy they love me to tell Marvel comic stories and so I will make up stories with Spider-Man Green Goblin Catwoman 
Batman in Rio always starts off. He goes, Jude, uh, Batman. He goes, is he a good guy? Is he a good guy? I go, yeah, he's a good guy. He goes, Green Goblin. I go, uh-uh, Green Goblin, bad guy. <laughs> now, what they really like when I make up a story is that I become one of the Marvel comic heroes. Maybe a villain, maybe a hero. But what they really like is when I put them in the story. And so, and I'll start, I go, Green Goblin saw Spider-Man. He looked at Lucy because uh, Rio likes his cousin, Lucy. And all of a sudden, Spider-Man, AKA Rio, gets on his mat. He goes from building to building. He is that superhero. He gets Lucy from the wretched arms of the Green Goblin. And Rio's like this. And so when I'm finished, he goes, make another one. <laughs> you know how ingenious this is? You think our God is one size fits all? You don't think he knows everything we've been through? And he is an amazing therapist that comes and where it's like, no, this is not going to destroy you. In my redemption, it's going to be a part of your history. And I am going to work it all together for good that others can come to know me in a new identity. Can you say amen? Okay, do this. I got it in right now. How many of you have an area that maybe your behavior, your actions, your attitude, your words, it's broken and it keeps bringing you back to that one place. It's worse than a scratch on a CD in the 90s. It brings you back to that one place. I wanna heal you today by the power of the name of Jesus Christ. And I wanna encourage you, if you need therapy, they have new life counseling, they have others. I would beg of you to get Christocentric biblical therapy that brings a reciprocity to a human being. And I believe the world would be a better place through this. May I pray for us. Almighty God, we come by grace, through faith. This is not of us, at least any of us should boast, but it is a gift. God, grace is a gift, faith is a gift. God, you yourself are a gift. And somehow this therapy will be a gift to us that comes and heals, mended, mends, that fixes, that restores, that brings beauty out of ashes, just right where you're at. If you feel, come on, it says we were dead in our trespasses and sins, yet he made us alive together. By grace, it says earlier in chapter two, come on, something you died. Now, some of you are totally opposite me. I'm a verbal processor. I vomit when I'm processing emotionally. That's not healthy. That is dangerous because sometimes when my verbal process, it's more me and the facts than it is the word of God and the reality of Jesus Christ. But some of you are the opposite, you hold in. You, you shut up, you stonewall, you become silent. That's almost more dangerous because it works like a poison. It and you think, no, I'm not gonna say anything at the fear of saying something wrong. And you're saying, no, if I do say something, then they're gonna use it against me. Can I say right now, if God is for you, then no one can be against you. And if God said you're okay, then you're gonna be okay. And it would be better to begin to process and verbalize that the poison of the thing would begin to get out of you and God 
is not a God who's looking for perfect prayers and perfect speech. He is a God that wants us to come as we are to change us and to heal us. Can you say amen? Let me think. You got that? You want that? Amen. Now, one last thing. Some of you, you need to be saved. Yo, Pastor Judy, is it saved from hell? No. Jesus never came to save anyone from hell. He said, you'll name him Jesus. He'll save his people from their sin. You know why Jesus came? To save me from me. I am saved by grace, through faith, from myself. Now I have a new story because of Jesus Christ. I'm a count to three. If you need to give your whole life to Jesus Christ, you're going to lift your hands on three. One, on three, you'll lift your hands. Two, and three, lift your hands now. Thank you. Anyone else? committing your life to Jesus Christ let's pray Father we thank you right now forgive us and we are saved by grace through faith it's not of us it's not of you it's a gift of God at least any of us will boast and we are your narrative we are your workmanship we are your centerpiece created in you that we may walk in this life with good works in Jesus name Amen We so appreciate you spending time with us. If you'd like to invest into what God is doing through City Church California, you can go to our website, citychurchca.com, and click Give. Thanks again, and we hope to see you at one of our campuses this Sunday.